Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What's going on, America? Brian, though, in for Clay Travis. Hope you're having a fantastic Friday. So, uh, goodness, finally the, uh, I shouldn't say finally, but the finals are ending, most likely tonight. I just, I don't see how the Cavs even push it to a game five. And before I get to all of that, let me just pause for one second. With all of the drooling and the, just homage being paid to the Stanley Cup final and the NHL playoffs as a whole. Can we just pause for a second and recognize that the Stanley Cup final is sucked also? Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Where are the close games? Did you see that stat? After the Penguins won game five, six to nothing. Six to nothing. The equivalent in basketball That's about what we saw when the Cavs put a 44-point beatdown on the Celtics. Remember that? That's about what we got last night. And for all the drooling of, oh, the NHL playoffs are so much better than the NBA playoffs. On and on and on. Can we pause for a second and recognize that although the NHL playoffs as a whole have been great, but the Stanley Cup final has been atrocious in terms of competitive games, the stat that I was alluding to. Home teams, 24 to 6, they have outscored the road team. 24 to 6. And listen, I don't want to be that guy. I hate to get sucked into this conversation because I find it maddening, and I'd hate to fan the flames on that whole conversation. I think I've done my fair share of fanning to start off the show today. My whole thing is you don't have to pick a lane. You can actually, I don't know, like both. You can like the NBA playoffs. You can like the NHL playoffs. But every single year, I hear all of these things, all of these hot takes. Clay Travis has this promo playing routinely, comparing the NBA to the NHL playoffs. 
And I've always been the guy that's like, listen, you can love both. You don't have to choose one or the other. It's very similar between boxing and MMA. Remember when MMA was really the up-and-coming and the new sport? It's been around now for a while. It's really established itself. But when it was just starting out and really starting to gain traction, that's all you would hear. It was boxing versus MMA. And if you were a boxing guy, you talked trash about MMA. And if you loved MMA, you talked trash about boxing. And I would sit back and I'd be like, why do you have to choose? What? What's? The, why do you have to choose? I don't know. You really don't. You can just, I don't know, enjoy both. It's the same thing with the NBA and NHL finals. Unfortunately... What we're getting in both sucks. It's bad product in each. Hopefully with the NHL you get to a Game 7 at least and you have a great Game 7 and that'll do a lot to make up for the lack of competitiveness early in these these games. But the NBA, it's over and done with, man. It <laughs> It's just a formality now. It's a matter of time. If the Cavs somehow win tonight, they're just kicking the can down the road. Because when Monday rolls around, if there's a Game 5, it's over and done on Monday night. But as I as I look tonight, and I'm thinking about, can the Cavs, can they show some heart? If you look at LeBron James, of course, with his legacy, and he's very smart, understands what this impact will have on his legacy. And as he put before, he's chasing the ghost, and the ghost played in Chicago. And The Jordan-LeBron conversation is officially a wrap. If they get swept and LeBron's at three and five in the finals, it's over. Done. Finito. Because there's no way that LeBron James can have the um, the amount of success to surpass a Michael Jordan. That's a Paul Bunyan-like figure. Michael Jordan had this great, historic, unbelievable career. But it's like a fishing trip now where the minnow you caught in 1993, has turned into, a, you know, a, a shark by this point. That's what Michael Jordan's career has turned into. As great as it was, I guess it should start off with like it was a, it was a huge, it was a largemouth bass. We're talking a huge fish. We'll say an enormous catfish, right? And it's turned into Moby Dick now. So something that was great has turned into even greater, and really has been embellished. Like that's what LeBron is chasing in. And Michael Jordan here. So before the finals, with all these conversations about, I, I don't know if he wins, I think he's gonna over, he's gonna surpass Jordan. No, no, he would have inched closer. But if they get swept, it's over. So I bring that up to say, is that gonna be enough to get the Cavs motivated? Certainly from LeBron, LeBron's perspective, it will for him individually. But the Cavs, can they show enough heart? Can they be motivated enough? Can they be inspired enough to show up tonight? I guess it's possible. Maybe they heat up from three, play some defense, actually. Someone from the bench gets off the milk carton, that sort of thing. But as I'm thinking about game four coming up tonight, we have what's called a cut sheet here, where the editors at Fox Sports Radio, they compile all of this audio from all the players talking, the coaches talking, all this stuff. And so as I'm looking forward to game four tonight, I'm looking at this cut sheet, and one cut in particular stands out to me from LeBron James. LeBron James on the urgency heading into game four. Listen to how this sounds. 
It's the same. There's no difference. You know, it's the NBA Finals, but it's a playoff game too. I mean, it shouldn't it shouldn't be no urgency from one game to the next. You know, when you when you're trying to win a series. Okay. <laughs> there, there, it's the same urgency the whole time. Down 0-3. Like, it's clearly do or die now. It's not the same urgency as, as it always has been. I understand his point. I really do get it, where it shouldn't be peaks and valleys of urgency and things like that. But it's just not the truth. It shouldn't be the truth. If you look at going into game four, the Warriors up 3-0 compared to the Cavs down 0-3. There should be a much greater sense of urgency for the Cavs to try to, one of the best phrases in sports, stave off elimination. And with LeBron just kind of saying, eh, you know, same same sense of urgency. It's no different. It's it's the finals. It's That scares me. Just the energy in general. When you watch Undisputed today or you check out First Take or you watch the six, the sports set or whatever, when they're live in Cleveland, just the energy around there is non-existent. They'll come back from commercial break and be like, all right, we're live from Cleveland. Normally, people are geeked. They're going crazy. And it's just like, all right. The crowd's like, it reminds me of when the last contestant gets called on The Price is Right. I wasn't a contestant on The Price is Right, but I went to the show one time. Love The Price is Right. Huge. Big fan. And at the beginning, everybody is fired up. They're just calling strangers to contestants row. And the crowd is completely fired up because they are hoping that they're the next contestant called. So it'll be some random name. It'll be like, Bob Jones, come on down. Crowd's going, yeah, Bob, go get him, baby. Because they're thinking they're going to be next. The last contestant that's called, where it's like, Jenny Michaels, come on. The crowd's like, screw Jenny. Gosh, this sucks. I wanted to. I'm not going to be on the show. That energy, when the last contestant is called, is the energy in Cleveland right now. Just watch it. When you watch Undisputed Today or anything live from Cleveland, just gauge the sense of energy. Over this is non-existent. I'm Brian, though, in for Clay Travis. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Something else here. Let's rewind back to game three while we're looking forward to game four in the NBA Finals. Right after the game, Draymond Green talked about LeBron James. Here's what he had to say. I caught LeBron walking off at the end of the third quarter, and you can just tell he was exhausted. And, you know, he had got off the ball and just was letting Kyrie go to work trying to catch his breath. So we knew that they were starting to wear down, and we just had to stay within striking distance. Okay. LeBron was exhausted, starting to wear down, played 46 minutes, all of this stuff. Here's something else to consider as we're looking who's going to win game four. Teron Liu talking about LeBron as well. You know, I knew it was going to be a tough game for us. And, you know, for us to win, I knew I had to get LeBron at least a you know, two-minute blow in that first quarter because in the second half he might not get a blow. So, um, you know, Kyrie was playing well. You know, the game was on the line, so I decided to stick with those guys, you know, being a home down 0-2. Okay, so Teron Liu, head coach, says, I tried to get LeBron some rest. <laughs> I tried, but two factors. The Warriors are really good. That's kind of tough to sit the king down. 
And also, gosh, our bench has sucked to the high heavens. They are giving us nothing. No, look at me. Nothing. They stink. Oh, they're brutal. So as we put all this stuff together and look forward to game four tonight, we're trying to figure out who's going to win. My first thought is, well, okay, the Cavs, you got LeBron and the legacy thing and getting swept and the pride factor and for the team and all this stuff. Maybe they get hot from three. Maybe we get something from the bench. I I guess I could see them winning. And then I think on the other side. And I think LeBron was gassed at the end of game three. Game three was on Wednesday. Guy played 46 minutes. There was only one night off in between game three and game four tonight. Cavs are down 0-3. They have no confidence right now. The bench has done nothing. The Warriors are more talented. They're hungrier. They're way more confident. It's over. I don't think we're going to see a game five. I think it ends tonight. I really do. And I think it shows how bad the finals have been with this 0-3 deficit of the Cavs where I've just let go. (laughs) At the end of game three, I was like, oh, no, it could have been 2-1. We could have seen a little bit more of an extended series. But when it went south and the Cavs lost, I kind of just let go. And I'm like, yeah, no, screw it. That's there goes the finals. It's pretty much over. That's my thinking. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox is your phone number. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. Heat is the main cause of battery failure, so it's important to have a tough battery. Duralast batteries are designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to one hundred and sixty seven degrees. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. You can tweet me at the no show. Noah spelled N-O-E. Coming up next, uh, it's just astounding to me how something is commonplace in one sport, but the equivalent in another would be absurd. We'll get into that coming up next. I'm Brian No In for Clay Travis. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No In for Clay Travis. Here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Before I get back into all this stuff here, I got to focus on my guy, Justin Cooper. Coop and I used to do overnight radio. So Coop and I go way back. And so I saw Coop post something on social media. And it caught my eye because it wasn't a normal post. He t- he just put, anyone I know have a passion for interior design? And I read this and I'm like, what's happening with my guy Coop over here? Justin Cooper, technical producer. And so I'm <laughs> when we, we connect right before the show begins, I'm over here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's actually the studio that Clay comes to uh, and does the show and all that. And so right before the show, we connect, and I'm talking to Coop. And he goes, yeah, I bought a bunch of new clothes. And I'm like, all right, cool, what'd you get? He's like, I got a hoodie, got a couple Metallica T-shirts. And I just pause, and I'm I'm like, we're talking stark contrast here. We got Metallica T-shirts on one hand. We're talking about interior design tips on the other. So I'm just curious, Coop, is everything okay? Anything you need to get off your chest? Everything all right? 
Look, I, I understand where my strengths and weaknesses are. Okay. Uh, I can adequately pick out a, a cool Metallica t-shirt. That's that's yeah. no problem. What'd you get? What Metallica t-shirt did you get? It was an Injustice uh, Oh, shirt. thank goodness. I was worried it was Death Magnetic or something <laughs> horrible. <laughs> no, no. Just because I will listen to those albums doesn't Is mean i going to wear Is it kind of like the album t-shirt. cover? You know, like the- Yes, yes. Really? Man, you went old school on that. Yeah, that's what it's all about. But, wow. um, you know, I'm, I'm redoing some some things in my house, uh, some some new flooring and, and eventually <laughs> cabinets for the, the kitchen. And, you know, I'm not, I don't know what, what, what suppo- is goes and what's, what's yeah. not supposed to go. And then I made sure, I asked that somebody have a passion about it because I want them to want to come over to help me rather than it just being like a, a chore or expect something in return. I, I want them to do it because they're passionate about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you get anywhere? Did you find anybody? Yeah, a, a couple couple friends uh, replied. I, uh, you know, an out of state friend replied, and I, uh-huh. you know, sent some pictures and discussion. And then I have another friend that's actually going to come by, and uh, she's going to check it out and, and help me make those important decisions. She's going to help you out. Okay. Yes. Nice. And this is also a friend. This girl that's going to come by out of the goodness of her heart. And yes. Very give you cl- some pointers and tips. Yes. Very close friend. Okay. All right. <gasps> you sound so grown up, Coop. You're talking about flooring and cabinets over here. <laughs> I know, right? Riv- wow. Riveting stuff. You have completely grown up while we've been away from each other doing different shifts on Fox Sports Radio here. Goodness. These I are feel the like I've I look missed forward it. to now in life. Yeah. I'm at that age. Flooring and cabinets. Holy cow. We were just talking about, did that horrible Tool concert come and go yet? Have you seen it? Oh, first of all, Brian, yeah. it's going to be amazing. Oh, it hasn't happened yet. It's, Still looking forward it's to about, it. It's about two weeks away. I am so stoked. Oh, I don't know why you would be. I, I really don't know. It's the pitching changes of rock. That's Jesus, Tool. You're such a hater. That's what they are. That's what Tool is. If we, at some point in today's show, I don't know, like the first hour or something, can we have just a Tool song in the background while I'm giving some sports opinion? And it's like, it's starting to go, it's starting to move okay, and then it just stops. And there's nothing, there's no pace, there's no sense of urgency or anything. It's just like, all right, guys, that momentum that we had, let's just stop it right now for the next two minutes. Cool. Sound awesome? Yeah, let's do it. That's our normal formula for songs over here. I'm sorry That's that you tool. don't know how to appreciate music, Brian. I, I Listen, I'm very eclectic with music. Listen to Nick Wright with the ding in the background there. You Nick know, Wright, are you a Tool fan? You know, there's so many things. It's like once a week, you you hate on something that's so good, and now it's like one more thing to add to the list. You don't like Tool. You love Get Tool? out of here. A perfect circle. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Great bands. Tool is awful. Brian, I people, can't believe people who right. appreciate music and 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 good quality sound, <laughs> they like Tool. It's just it's you that that's too too simple. You don't you don't understand too- the new the nuances. Oh my gosh! Again, now this makes. Are you a soccer fan, Coop? No, because I know Nick Wright is. No, do you like soccer at all? I don't. Okay, you're not a soccer fan. It would have made more sense if you did, but you sound exactly like soccer guy. You sound like Nick Wright would sound 
talking to non-soccer no, fans. Here's your problem, Brian. You you have an idea in your head, and you're <laughs> no, stubborn, no, and nothing is going to get past no, that. When you no. listen to Tool, all you're thinking about is the 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 fans. <laughs> no. The, the, no. the stuck-up fans. That's what you're thinking you're of. Totally you can't wrong. just you're... appreciate the music. No, you're totally wrong on this, Coop. Totally. I am. We are bumping back with Tool for the whole rest of the show. The oh, whole rest wow. of these two and a half hours. Why every would we single want to break. ruin the listening experience for all of our loyal listeners It'll out there? It'll boost your ratings. Oh, gosh. It's like, listen, there are parts. Okay, perfect example. Coming back, and we call it bumper music coming back from commercial and all that. There are plenty of things from Tool that you could pick that would sound great for 10, 15 seconds. That's the problem. That's all you got. Like, you couldn't, if we had bumper music that happened to be songs or much longer, it's only a minute, minute and a half until whatever momentum is going on in a song is just cut out and gone. And you're like, what is hap- Why can't you just keep that going? Why does it need to change? I don't even understand what you're talking about. It, do- it what you're saying doesn't make sense to me right now. I listen. We're gonna have to do a listening experiment today. That's the only way to get through. Because Coop, actually, this goes back a handful of months. He was like, "Oh, we had the same tool discussion," and. He's like, all right, I'm going to give you, like, three really good Tool songs. And he gives me this list of three songs. And I listened, honestly, without any bias. And I know Coop is going to say I'm incapable of doing that. I am actually capable of doing that. There are things that I absolutely – here's a good example, just to show that I can be unbiased. It's one thing that I actually pride myself on. I'm from South Bend, Indiana. I love Notre Dame football. All about it. I am contractually obligated to hate Michigan. Because let me explain something real fast. When I was growing up, God forbid Notre Dame lose to Michigan. South Bend is crawling with Michigan fans. There are plenty of kids that grow up just hating Notre Dame because that's all they hear about and they go the other way. So they pick something of regional interest. A lot of times it's Michigan. So if Notre Dame lost, all you'd hear is all these Michigan fans squawking all year, blah, blah, blah. Oh, hate Michigan. I could put that hatred to the side. And say Jim Harbaugh is great for that program. He's fantastic. So I can put my either my rooting interest or my hatred to the side and give you the no BS diagnosis of what I truly think about something, whether it's sports or music. I think it's I think it's different for sports because in a situation like that, that the example that you gave with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, there's no denying certain facts like you would sound stupid if you said oh you know Jim Harbaugh has just been terrible for the the program I I could make a legitimate argument that masks my hatred for Michigan and just say hey all I hear about is Jim Harbaugh this Jim Harbaugh that how was the bowl game hmm how they do against Florida State? Look like they got smacked around to me. Everybody's talking about titles how about you get to the college football playoff first I could that's legitimate I could absolutely say that and not sound like I'm just hating on them and blinded by my hatred. I could say I could make a legitimate argument about it. But no, no, Coop. I put my bias to the side, my friend. It's the same thing I do when I listen to Tool and the three songs you gave me and propped them up and said, All right, no, all your trash talking about Tool, you listen to these three gems and you tell me what you think. And I remember I was at a Friday's. And I was sitting there eating, had my headphones. I'm sorry, it was Chili's. I was at Chili's. 
Love chilies. <laughs> I'm listening to these songs. I'm eating my ribs. I always go half rack of ribs and fries. It's fantastic. The mixture of Coca-Cola. Oh, it's great. Um, and I'm listening to these songs, and I'm just like, gosh, these songs just blow. That's the only thing I could think, Coop. That's all I could think. You know, I'm going to chalk this up to you being, uh, you know, completely straight edge. That's 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 where oh, I'm going to. What? <laughs> what, is, what is that? What is that? <laughs> you, you haven't. Your mind has never been expanded enough to appreciate the. Th- Unreal. The that's where you go. You know what? I, I've got to say something about this when we come back here. Uh, I've got because I want you to think when Eddie Garcia is doing his award-winning "What's Trending" update. I want you to think of a comparable rock band to Tool. Just serious. I, I'm curious. Comparable band, and I I want to give you the no BS answer of how I feel about this comparable band that you throw out there, Coop. Uh, so we'll get back to the Tool conversation and also. A sports thought on the game last night compared to other sports. I'm Brian, though, in for Clay. First, though, let's check out what's trending. I'm Brian, though, in for Clay. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. (laughs) I've got some thoughts about... uh, about Pecorine getting yanked after the first period. It's amazing to me this always happens in hockey. If you applied that to other sports, you would think it's the craziest thing in the world if a NFL quarterback got pulled after the first quarter because he stunk it up and the team was trailing by a lot. But it's commonplace in hockey. I'll expand on that, but I want to go out to the phones here. Mike is in West Virginia, and he's got a thought for us today on Outkick the Coverage. You go ahead, Mike. You're on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, guys. Uh, first off, I always appreciate and enjoy the show when I listen to it. It's excellent. That being said, I am convinced that you have never listened to a full Tool album. <laughs> You're right. I have not because I listened to a handful of songs. And it, I'll give you an example, Mike. Um, Justin Cooper loves – what's that show with the, the werewolves and the uh, hobbits and all that, Coop? What is it? <laughs> What? Wait, you mean a, oh Game of Thrones? Yeah, Game of Thrones. That's right. He he loves Game of Thrones, Mike, as a lot of people do. They love it. It's right. just not my personal thing. So I gave it a serious go. They always used to say, "Get watch the first five episodes. You're gonna be hooked." And I watched them, and I gave it a legit shot, and it just didn't work for me. So it's comparable to Tool. I'll listen to the equivalent of that. I've listened to five, six songs, not just the hits but some of the B-sides and whatever's recommended to me. And I I can't get through it, man. So you're right. I haven't listened to a whole Tool album because the six, seven songs that I've listened to aren't enough for me to say, you know, I think they're going to turn the corner in my eyes coming up here. Uh, to a point, I can I can understand that. But at the same time, Tool is so, they're not just an amazing band musically and Maynard is one of the greatest vocalists ever. To yes, I did not even tell earth. him to say that. But it's... <laughs> Oh, I, I don't even know. I'm at a loss for words. Like, if we listen to Anima at the very least, put that album in front to back all the way through. It'll it'll change your life. There's no there's no comparison. They're so influential to the entire scene of rock and metal in general. There's just no comparison whatsoever. 
Mike, you're crazy. You're a crazy person. It's going to change my life, really? I'm going to tune no, in? No, it did. I'm going to listen to Maynard. I'm going to be like, I'm a new man. I'm a changed man. Life is so much better now. Guys. All right, Mike. Appreciate the phone call. See, Mike brings up a good point because now <laughs> I, had, I had heard plenty of, of Tool songs, you know, years ago. Uh, and like I was like, okay, yeah, I like I like them. These are good songs. I I could you know I could get into this band, but I never it never pushed me to like actually put on an album, listen front to, front to back. And mm-hmm. when I when I finally was forced to do that by yeah. by a friend, it was it was a life changing experience. Oh my! It was gosh. like oh man, it, you it sound just, it like just... the biggest hippie right now. <laughs> you're the you're a rock hippie. That's what you are, Coop. That's fine. I, yeah, you know. I love it. The rock hippie of Fox Sports Radio, Justin Cooper. Man, I just, I didn't want to listen to it, man, but I did. (laughs) And Maynard, man, he changed my life, dude. Like, oh, man, everything was green. Like, that's what you sound like. You're the rock hippie of Fox Sports Radio. It did. It just, it took me out of my body and into the music. It was, it was great. Um, have you thought of a comparable band to Tool? Well, so no, I was wondering about this. Do you mean comparable as in, like, I, I believe they're at the same level? Sound. Or like no, this... more sound. Sounds like. <sighs> That's tough. They're so unique. Uh, yeah, because I mean, if we're talking about their level, I don't know what band people drool over that have no business drooling over <laughs> them. Like, <laughs> I could come up with a few, but I was going more so sound. What do they sound similar to? There gotta be some of their halfway similar too, right? God, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. That's why. That's what's so great about it. You, you hear oh, a song that, that you've never heard before, and you're like, oh, this is Tool. It's, it's so <laughs> easily recognizable because they're so unique. Um, original. Yeah, yeah. Originally horrid. That's what <laughs> I would say. Uh, Roxanne is in Denver. Let me hear from Roxanne. You're on Fox Sports Radio. Roxanne, go for it. Hello, I heard you talking about Tool. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Greatest band ever. Greatest band ever? That's where you're going? By far, by far. Why is it? What is it about Tool that really brings it home I don't want to say this like everybody else, but it is life-changing. I went and saw them this past October here in Denver, (laughs) and they are, it's hard to even explain. Although I did go see Metallica last night here in Denver. Oh, cool. And they were amazing also, like so if comparable, that would be the only band, but they don't sound like them at all. Right. I don't know yeah. who could sound like Tool. Yeah, I hear you, Roxanne. I appreciate you checking in. It's uh, maybe like yeah, Nine Inch I, Nails, kind of. I, I, I don't. Yeah, but Nine Inch Nails is good. That's the difference. <laughs> oh my no! <laughs> I'm done. Oh man, I just get such a a kick. Out of screwing with you guys. Now, this is truly what I believe, but I love pushing it because of the reverence for Tool. Listen to you hacks. We got Mike, Roxanne, love these people. You, Coop, life-changing. Really? You know, that goes a little bit above and beyond a description of a band. I've never had a band. that There have been bands that I'm like, this band is awesome. But nothing has life been life changing for me. 
When you, start, you don't appreciate music. Music doesn't connect to you no, like it. No, like it connects totally to me. That's totally wrong, too. That is so wrong. You're being so outnumbered here. The phone lines are blowing up <laughs> for people wanting to tell you how much of an idiot you are. I know. I want one level-headed person out there to just call in and be like, "Yeah, no." Um, the the way that they start, you know, rocking for a little bit, and then just totally take all the air out of the balloon. For two minutes, and then they get back to rocking again, and it sounds heavier because they've spent the last two and a half minutes doing nothing. I would love to take that phone call, but all we're going to get is, no, man, you're wrong. This was life-changing. Life-changing. Think about that for a second. Your life has been changed by Tool. Really? I'm supposed to buy that, Coop? That is unbelievable right there. I need to get back to Pecorine being pulled after the first period. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, though? Seriously, for one second, let me say this. Can you imagine if the equivalent happened in the NFL? Imagine if it's the conference championship game. Imagine if it's the Super Bowl. We were talking, it's the Stanley Cup final right here, game five. Pecorine was awesome in games three and four. Then he allows three goals in the first period, and they yank him. You're like, yeah, you're out. Like, imagine that's not a, a, a complete reach. We're talking about the importance. That's why I go quarterback in football. Goalie in hockey, you know how important it is. You get off to a bad start, they're like, nah, screw it. Put in the backup. Can you imagine if that happened in the Super Bowl? Seriously, can you imagine if, let's say, Matt Ryan got off to a horrible start against the Patriots and they're like, yeah, screw it. Put in Schaub. See what happens. See what he's got. Happens all the time in hockey. It's commonplace. You're like, eh, all right, they'll put in the backup. It blows my mind every time. A goalie could be playing lights out, and they're like, eh, he's off to a bad start. Pull him. It's just accepted. It's weird to me. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over 3000 bucks off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. All right, at the No Show, N-O-E Show. You want to hit me up there? I'm on Twitter. Uh, hopefully there will be a level-headed, rational-thinking, non-tool fan that will either call in, tweet me something. I know, Tool Nation, they're all they got their panties in a bunch here. They're coming out swinging. <laughs> Cooping the, the insults thrown. What is it? Your straight edge. You don't understand music. You don't appreciate music. There have been a lot. There's a lot of bullets in this chamber here for Tool Nation coming after me. Coop is just, he's voicing the, uh, he's the mouthpiece of the public right now. Outrageous. Uh, Coming up next from the Geico Studios. It's a theory about winning championships on the road that doesn't make as much sense as you might think it does. We'll dive into that. I'm Brian No in for Clay Travis. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No in for Clay Travis here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you from the Geico Studios. Outkick the coverage and visit Florida. They've got your chance to win a trip to the Coke Zero 400. It's powered by Coca-Cola. It's on July 1st at Daytona International Speedway. To enter for your chance to win, visit foxsportsradio.com. Uh, quick thoughts, and we'll get to the calls. I <laughs> love this. The tool calls are just mounted up. We'll go rapid fire style into tool, but a quick thought here. 
Um, you'll hear this quite a bit. Heading into game four tonight, you'll hear a lot of conversation today about, well, maybe the Warriors just, they want to win it at home in game five. So they don't have the same intensity. They'd rather win at home. Here's the thing. I do a show on Saturday nights on Fox Sports Radio with Ephraim Salam. Ephraim played in the NFL for 13 seasons. And I texted him last night to get his exact quote because we had this discussion about winning on the road last week. And I said, was it, because he had said something about winning on the road being better than sex. And so I texted him to get his actual quote. And this is what he texted me last night. He said that winning on the road was as good as sex and beating the Vikings on the road in the 1998 NFC Championship game, that was better than sex, in his opinion. Now think about that. A lot of people are very fond of adult activities. They It's pretty high on the list, right? Ephraim Salam says winning on the road against the Vikings in the title game was better than that. So just think about that. If you're one of these people that says, well, maybe they're just... They want to win at home. It's sweeter. If you're a competitor, there are a lot of athletes that would rather win on the road where they can just silence that crowd and they look up and they have nothing to say. The crowd is silent and they look at them like, oh, yeah, your season's over. Bye. Drive safely. Oh, it's sweet. So don't think that. And if you're hearing any conversations, don't be swayed into thinking, well, maybe the Warriors just go through the motions They would rather win at home in game five. I guarantee you this. There are plenty. Think about Draymond Green and how much of a chip on his shoulder he always has. You don't think it would be sweet for him to win a game on the road in Cleveland? Go back to last season when the, the Warriors lost game seven at home. They had to see the Cavs celebrate on their floor. You don't think it'd be sweet to them to celebrate on the Cavs floor? Oh, I don't buy it whatsoever. So this angle of, well, maybe the Cavs win this game because the Warriors want to win it back at home in Game 5. I don't buy that whatsoever. Not at all. I'm going out to the phones here. We're talking about Tool. I think Tool stinks. All their slowed-down, pace-changing, monotonous breakdowns. Oh, they're tedious. They're so bad. Let me get the positive things out. When they're rocking, it's good. Musically, I like it. Vocally, not a big Maynard fan. Just personally, it's not my cup of tea. As long as they're rocking, I like it. But when the breakdown's happen, he's trying to be artistic. It's horrible music. It's not life-changing whatsoever. So, Coop, he's got all these calls mounted up. I love these discussions. That's why I love doing sports talk radio. We have these random, you know, thoughts. Wasn't planned whatsoever, and all of a sudden people are reacting to it. I love that. You never know how a conversation is going to unfold. So there are some positive and negative calls when it comes to Tool. Some say, thumbs down like me. But Coop, the beauty, he hasn't told me on the screen. I have no idea if it's going to be positive or negative. Jay is in Long Beach. You go ahead, Jay. You're on Fox Sports Radio. All right, so I got two uh, quick tips on uh, Tool. First of all, you asked for a a group that's comparable to Tool. Uh Uh, There's a lot of, um, well, not a lot, but there's a few uh, corn songs that sound similar to uh, some of the earlier Tool stuff. But the big one is, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but the chick from Resident Evil, Mila Djokovic, she's actually an active member of one of Maynard's groups, uh, Pucifer. I did not know that, Jay. 
All right, yeah, so we- um, Mila Djokovic is actually uh, an active member of uh, Maynard's group, Pussifer. All right. Awesome. That's uh, Jay. Let me go out to Todd. Todd's in Casey. What do you got for us, Todd? Uh, yeah, I got I got two things. First of all, I listen to every every kind of music, literally every genre, but I do not listen to Tool. Yeah, Tool Todd, that's what I'm talking oh, about. Man. Tool sucks. You are my brother. Thank you, Todd. And I, I have a theory, and then I'll get off here and let you guys okay. do your thing. Uh, Let's hear this. Maybe maybe you got to be a Tool to like. Tool. Oh, get no. out of here! <laughs> Disconnected. <laughs> I think he's on to something, Coop. That is a legitimate theory right there. Oh, we got time. Mike is in Modesto. That guy sounds like a lot of fun. You're on Fox Sports Radio. Brian, just real quick before I get to the tools, okay? Anybody to say the Warriors would tank a game to win at home, they are nuts and are not paying attention, Brian. The Warriors are on a mission to embarrass Cleveland. They are. It's about revenge. That was stupid. Yeah, I hear you. Now, as far as tools... I agree, Brian. Tool sucks. A better conversation would be, do you still love Metallica? You know how Donald Trump says, make America great again? I say, make Metallica great again. I cry when I hear James try to sing those old songs. It makes me cry. I still listen to the first five albums continuously. Yeah. Thank you for the time, Brian. Good Goodbye. stuff, Mike. That was fantastic. I agree with him completely. Yeah, people Tool get old. sucks. The Warriors are not going to kick game four because they'd rather win at home. That's a ridiculous theory. And Metallica's first five albums are the only things worth listening to. Totally agree. Coming up next from the Geico Studios, it's a discussion that we should have outgrown a long time ago. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Friday morning. Man, I wish I, wish I was getting fired up. Think about if the Warriors hadn't beaten the Cavs. If LeBron James attacked the rim instead of driving to the middle and kicking to Corver, if Kyrie didn't, it was a steps back is what he did. It wasn't just a step back three. It was a steps back. He took like three steps back and then took a, a fall away three against Klay Thompson. It was unbelievable how much success LeBron and Kyrie had driving and attacking the rim all night. And then when it mattered most, they're like, well, let's uh, go to plan B here. Like, why? Why would you do that? You ever see in baseball where a pitcher just has an unhittable breaking ball? Just no answer for it. And he's got a hitter with an 0-2 count, and he's like, although I could throw my unhittable pitch, let me just throw a fastball. Just change it up, and then he gives up a hit. It's that type of stuff where it's like, dude, why? Why would you change it if it's working? Don't mess with something that's working. So if Kyrie and LeBron had both driven, LeBron on Draymond and Kyrie on Klay Thompson at the end of Game 3, I think we're looking forward to Game 4. Let's say it's Cavs are down 2-1. They able to win another home game. You got an even series. Think how much more interesting it would be in your level of anticipation, excitement, all that stuff leading up to tonight. Right now, nothing. I'm just completely going through the motions. I'm like, eh, we got game four tonight. I guess it's uh, expected to end. I think it's going to be a sweep. I just don't see the Cavs having enough to stay alive. 
I don't see them being motivated enough. I don't think that they're going to be focused enough. I don't think their confidence is going to be high enough. I don't think the energy from the home crowd is going to be enough. I don't think they're going to have enough. They're going to have to shoot lights out from three and hope that the Warriors just are not on their game. It's a turnover fest. That's it. But it's just a matter of time until the Cavs are truly put out of their misery. And it's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate that Game 3 came down the way it did. And it also shows, like, if you look at KD hitting that pull-up three, that was a monster shot, cold-blooded shot. And he has been an absolute beast in the finals. KD has played awesome, awesome basketball. But it does show how much damage it has done to the the interest of the league with KD joining a 73-win team. I was talking to my dad last night, and I told my dad, I always say, we're cool with dominance as long as there's an element of parity involved. Let me explain that. If you look at the Patriots, the New England Patriots are a great example of this. The Patriots won five Super Bowls over the span of a little more than a decade. Five Super Bowls in what? Gosh, well, it would be about... 15 years, going from 01 to 16. We're talking 16 seasons. To win five out of 16, you take that all day. (laughs) All right? That's a dominant run. And, of course, their first run, they were a dynasty winning three out of four Super Bowls. But you look at every Super Bowl that the Patriots have won, they've been close games. They've been very, very compelling games. Almost all of them decided by a field goal. Just the, the exception, winning against the Falcons in overtime. We're talking very, very close games, every single one of them. So although they've had a dominant run, it's been edge of your seat, are they going to win this game or not type stuff. It hasn't been like, I mean, I hate to bring this up with Justin Cooper. He's really going to hate me. I've been crushing Tool today, a band that sucks. So I'm already on Coop's bad side. And I have to bring up for a second to bring my point home. Coop's a diehard Denver Broncos fan. If you bring up the Seahawks crushing the Broncos in Super Bowl 48, that's a game that you, did you watch the whole game? And I'm talking to anybody listening. If you're not a diehard Seahawks or Broncos fan, unless you got you got to be a hardcore NFL fan to watch that entire game. We're talking 43 to 8. A lot of people would check out. A lot of people are not watching as closely as they would a close game. It's background noise. Maybe they're still at a party. They'll glance up at the TV every now and then. It's not the same thing. You're unplugged. You're not as engaged. So when it comes to the Warriors and their run through the playoffs, their one went away from going 16-0 and in the playoffs. That's, that's one, an unbelievable achievement. But I I would argue that it's very believable. You would think that it's unbelievable because of everything that's happened in every single playoffs before this season. But every single playoffs before this season didn't have the roster that the Warriors do. When you add Kevin Durant, a top two, top three player in the league to a 73-win team, them one game away from going 16-0 and against the competition that they faced is not unbelievable to me. When you face a Portland team that's severely overmatched, when you face an up-and-coming Utah team 
with Rudy Gobert having some nicks and scrapes and injury issues, and you sweep them, that's not astounding. When you take down a Kawhi Leonard-less Spurs team and sweep them, that's not astounding. With the roster that the Warriors have, and when them the Warriors beating the Cavs two games at home, that's not crazy. They won one road game. So really, if you boil everything down to, is it astounding? Based on the roster they have and the opponents they faced, no, it's not astounding. Just based on the here and now. Now, historically speaking, yeah, it's astounding. But it's different when you look at just this this team in this set of circumstances. I think that the Warriors are tendency breakers. Whatever you typically think about a series, you have to think about it differently. So we heard this after game one. Oh, it's only game one. Let's not overreact. No, not with this Warriors team. KD plus 73 wins equals after game one. No, freak out. (laughs) All right. I don't know if the Cavs are going to have any answers. So what you normally apply to how you break down a series, don't do that with the Warriors. How you normally would think about 16-0 in the finals or in the the playoffs as a whole, don't think about it the same way when it comes to to the Warriors. I think you got to recalibrate how you evaluate them based on their roster and their opponents. If they sweep the Cavs, I'll just stick with that. If they sweep the Cavs, even though they have KD added to a 73-win team, that is very impressive. And then if you couple it, I guess you throw in some seasoning, some salt into the gumbo, the other teams that they beat en route to the finals. Okay, you see the goose egg in the loss column if they win tonight. Yeah, it's impressive, but... I just think if you get away from what you normally think about a playoff and how you you break down and evaluate it and just think about it in general, if you look at that roster and critically at the opponents along the way, 16-0 isn't as impressive as first blush. That's all I'm saying. Not trying to take credit away from them. I'm just telling you what I see. I'm Brian No coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Um, let me go to Tony here. Tony has a thought on the Warriors. You go ahead, Tony. You're on Fox Sports Radio. Hello? Yeah, Tony, what do you got, bud? Oh, I talked to Andy last week, and I told him uh, Golden State was going to sweep Cleveland. And I don't think Cleveland's got a chance. You know, they're so tired, you know, and Golden State is hungry. You know, they want to make it 16 in a row. And by the by the end of the series, you know, Kevin Durant is going to be the king and LeBron is going to be the prince. They're, they're, they're worn out. They don't have a chance. You know, they're going to get, you know, they, they can only play three quarters. The, the fourth quarter, they're so tired. You know, and uh, they, you know, they don't want to win at home. They want to win in Cleveland. It's better winning Cleveland than winning at home. I agree with what, everything you said. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, Tony. I appreciate you checking in. It'd be so sweet for the Warriors to win on the road. Don't think for a second they're going to go through the motions and be like, let's say that they're down at halftime by, I don't know, five points. They trail by a few points in the fourth quarter. Don't think that they're going to take their foot off the gas and say, eh, it would be a little bit sweeter if we won at home. No, <laughs> it would be plenty sweet. In the minds of a lot of players, even sweeter to win on the road in Cleveland 
After the Cavs celebrated in Golden State last year, winning Game 7, just to hear all those Cleveland fans shut up, just silence. You're telling me Draymond Green wouldn't take joy in that? Oh, my gosh. I think it would be better in a lot of ways. So don't buy into that theory of, oh, the Warriors would rather win at home in Game 5. No, 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 not the case. I got a tweet here. Um, it just says it's from Eggman. I agree with. Well, I, Eggman says this tool like Allison chains with no pulse at all, flatlined. See, here's the thing, Coop, executive producer Justin Cooper. I love Allison chains. So it's not just like breakdowns. And I would I disagree. I don't think that Allison chains has a lot of breakdowns. Um, but they're not heavy. They're not fast. I love Allison chains. Love them. Melodic, Lane Staley was fantastic. Love Jerry Cantrell, guitar-wise. I just can't get down with Tool, man. Can't do it. Plenty of reaction on Twitter, and most of it is from Justin Cooper. (laughs) I love that. I was like, oh, let me catch up with Twitter here. Let's see what people are saying about the show. And half of it is just Coop responding to Tool comments from other tweeters. Coop's like, yeah, right on for Tool fans. And then anybody that talks trash about Tool, he's like, you just don't get it. All right? The, the technical nuances of Tool. <laughs> I did not say that. That's ba- I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. The technical nuances of Tool and how they they intertwine. You sound like a Rolling Stone write-up of a band. You ever remember the <laughs> Rolling Stone write-ups? Oh, they were hilarious. The adjectives that they would throw out there. Their, their pulsating rhythms mixed with the uh, spellbounding vocals of Maynard, Rock God. That's what Coop's doing on Twitter. If you want to check that out, that's at the No Show on Twitter, N-O-E Show. Love it. It's good for entertainment value. Stop into your local AutoZone for the parts, products, and helpful advice you need to get the job done right. Let's get what you need. Get in the zone Auto Zone. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios. If you hate these discussions, sadly, they are not going anywhere. I'm Brian No in for Clay. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No in for Clay Travis here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you from the Geico Studios. Great news. There's a quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. You guys weren't kidding about the Tool music today, were you? Yeah. Nick Wright on the ones and twos, your technical producer, he is on a mission right Got now. Got plenty all night. Don't yeah. even worry. I have spoken the truth about Tool. No. Not being good, totally overrated. Their fans are obnoxious. They're these little dorks that think they're the greatest band of all time <laughs> and they wear you out. You're just so cool. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm cool. Too cool for Tool. Too cool for (laughs) Tool. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a t-shirt in the making. You should trademark that, Coop. I like that. You can make some cash off that thing. Well, can't they just sound like Megadeth or like... You know, Metallica or Pantera. Why why do they sound like that? See, here's the thing. Almost all those bands you just mentioned, you love. I do, but... You you... love Pantera. (laughs) So? So, like, 
So you're doing the stereotypical anti-tool thing? No, that's just you. That's that's you in you know stuck in your ways. That's stuck in my way. The ways, fact that man. I love those bands that that I just listed shows how so how, how open and and you know accepting I am of all music. Here's the problem, Coop. All right, here's the deal. I have to fight for my reputation here for a second because you are besurging my good name. You are smudging my good name here. Um, in terms of being eclectic, I'm all over the place musically. Like, guitar, for anybody who doesn't know me, and you might be new to hearing me filling in for Clay this morning. It's a different audience. I played guitar for half my life. My minor in college was actually classical guitar, like Spanish-sounding stuff. So I love heavy metal. Heavy metal is my favorite type of music. But in terms of musical interests, I'm a lot like one of the previous callers that we had. Todd in, in KC, he said that he listens to everything, and he doesn't like Tool. So it's it's not about a lack of being diverse musically. Metal and rap are my two favorites. And then I'm all over the place. Blues, just rock music in general, classic rock, pop music. I'm all over musically. So it has nothing to do with like this lack of being diverse or you're just completely in this one genre and you can't get out of this one bubble. So don't let Coop... Make your mind up for you. I'm all over the place. And a couple of the bands, somebody mentioned that um, Corn is a little bit similar to Tool. And I I think that's a decent comparison, Coop. I know that Tool has their own ridiculous, you know, we're different and... Style transcending. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be different for the sake of just standing out. Not producing good music, but we're going to have these slow, archaic, pitching change type breakdowns that are unlike any other breakdowns that just don't work for me. But in terms of breakdowns, Korn does similar stuff. They break it down and they make it lighter to make the heavy stuff seem heavier. But I like Korn. Korn jams better to me. I just, I, I don't know, man. You're, Can't get around you're to a lost cause. There's no getting through to you. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, there's no getting through to me when it comes to these discussions. When it comes to the make-believe scenarios of the 2017 Golden State Warriors versus fill-in-the-blank team. <laughs> like, the 96 Bulls versus the 2017 Warriors who would win, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> To me, here's the thing. It's something that we should have outgrown a long time ago. This is such a a kid-like conversation. And we're adults having these conversations. You know what I mean? I just feel in life there are certain things you should outgrow the older that you get. Like when I was a kid, I loved trading baseball cards. It was great. I don't trade baseball cards anymore. I'm 39 years old. I feel like you should move on at some stage, and you shouldn't be trying to swindle your friends and talking trash about the great deal you just made. And, you know, you traded a couple of cards to get this premier card, but whatever. You just outgrow it. I think you should outgrow taking your lunch with you in a lunchbox. Remember I used to do that as a little, little kid? You don't do that anymore when you go to your job. 
when you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, whatever, you don't go to work and have like this little, you know, lunchbox with whatever on the Spider-Man is on the front or the Dukes of Hazard or whatever, anything like that. You just outgrow things. I feel like these discussions about which team would win this hypothetical matchup, we should have outgrown a long time ago. Here is Dr. J, Hall of Famer Julius Irving. He was on ESPN LA 710 talking about one of his teams versus the Warriors. The reality of it is, you know, this is a phenomenal team. They can put up points, and uh, and they do play team defense. They hustle, they scrap. But, you know, when you have a team like the makeup of, of our team in that year, you know, we can play slow, we can play fast. Uh, you know, we have four centers, four guards, and four forwards. So a lot of the parts were, were interchangeable, and, you know, we would figure it out. We would have figured out how to play against this team and how to how to beat this team. I mean, what's he supposed to say? I'm not going to bash him. He's, he goes on a radio show, and they're going to ask, hey, Dr. J, could your teams have beaten this Warriors team? What's he supposed to say? Uh, guys, let's grow up and act like adults here and not have these hypothetical matchups. He's going to dive into it and talk about it. So I get it, but we go so far breaking down, literally, knee-deep breakdowns of the matchups and who would stack up with who and what would they do to combat Steph Curry off the dribble and if Scottie Pippen was matched up on Steph, can you imagine Steph getting off a shot? We are just off and running full speed ahead and who would win a matchup that will never, ever, ever take place? Why? You want to dabble in it? Great. You have a couple of talking points? Okay, I'm with that. But to have like these knockdown dragouts, it's just silly to me. It just it reminds me of again being a little kid and having these type of discussions. This is the type of stuff you would talk about when you were a little child. You know? George's the greatest of all time. My money's on him. No way. KD on a 73 win team. I just picture a couple of kids in a sandbox having these conversations. But no, it's like grown men <laughs> having these conversations. It's crazy to me. I just try to I just try to not get too serious about it. I look at it if it's the 96 Bulls versus the 2017 Warriors, Steve Kerr's the X factor. He would John Gruden the Warriors. That's my outlook on it. That's as far as I get into it. You know how Gr- John Gruden in the Super Bowl coaching the Bucks, he was able to beat his former team in the Raiders cuz he knew everything that was going on with Rich Gannon and all that stuff. That's what Steve Kerr would do with the 96 Bulls. He knows all the Warriors' tendencies. There you go. You got the playbook on the Warriors' Bulls win. Done. But on a serious note, I'll say this. I do think it's a shame that it happens that the Warriors are penalized in the minds of a lot of people for just shooting a lot of threes. That's simply what it comes down to, and it shouldn't. Because they look at it and it's like, oh, they shoot a bunch of threes. They play the softer style of basketball. Therefore, what? They wouldn't beat other teams just because they play a softer style of basketball? We've seen this thinking in football for decades. When we started to get more into a passing realm in the NFL, it was like, oh, you're you're trying all these tricks on us. You're not just lining up and running the ball straight up the middle. 
where our old school Big Ten 1970-style linebackers, that's the type of game that they're they're fit for. Oh, no, you want to spread it out and start adding Darren Sproles out of the backfield. You tricks. You're tricking us. They look down on it like it was soft. It's effective. All right? Get out of this mindset of what's manly and what's soft. Just look at what's effective. And if the Warriors are incredibly effective shooting a bunch of threes, don't look down on it being soft. So I don't get into the the 83 Sixers versus the 2017 Warriors and the Bulls versus and I'm out of the 2017 Warriors versus the world business. But what I don't like is the Warriors being undersold simply because they jack a bunch of threes up there. It's all about being effective. It's not about being manly, all right? If you can be effective shooting a bunch of threes, look at KD, the pull-up three against the Cavs in game three. Essentially won the game. That was the go-ahead three they didn't look back. Was that unmanly, you know? Do you look down on that shot just because it was an outside jumper instead of going manly into the paint and jamming it on somebody? No, it's all about being effective. If they're effective shooting threes, shoot threes. Don't deduct points historically from them just because they do that. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, everybody has a theory about this player. Add another one to the list. First, though, here's what's trending. I'm Brian, though, in for Clay. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. You can tweet me at the No Show, N O E Show. It's where to find me. Been a lot of conversation about Tool, the band. I'm not fond of Tool, the band. Uh, most of it is Coop just responding to random comments on Tool. I love this. Holly checks in because we had uh, Roxanne from Denver said it was a life changing event seeing Tool in concert. I love this. Holly checks in on Twitter and says Tool plus Colorado plus Pot equals life-changing. That could be the recipe. And, uh, oh, could be Coop's recipe, too. I don't know. The Pot is a great song by Tool. Yeah, I'm sure it has a very long breakdown for two and a half minutes that completely jacks up any momentum that they had started out that was pretty good and makes you want to tear your eyes out. That's what I would guess would be involved in that song, Coop. Let me go to Lou. Lou is in Oakland. You go ahead, Lou. You're on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. Um, so I just want to get this straight. Did you say that 16 and 0 wasn't wasn't good? Did you Did you say that? <laughs> did I say 16 and 0 wasn't good? No, I did not say that, Lou. What I said was 16 and 0 isn't as unbelievable as you historically would think it it is. Because of adding Kevin Durant to a 73-win team and some of the teams that they have beaten along the way to get to the finals. that That's what I would say. So Okay, so you're saying the East, the Western Conference is not all that good, right? I'm saying the opponents that the Warriors faced, where you faced a completely overmatched Portland team, an up-and-coming, banged-up Utah team, and a team with the Spurs without Kawhi Leonard, to go 12-0 and through that, it, it's impressive to a point, but it's not anything like stop the presses, this is unreal what they're doing here. But you play who's in front of you, right? 
Yeah, but you take into account who's in front of you. So the Eastern Conference is a lot more stronger than the Western Conference because remember, Cleveland was twelve and one before they hit the uh, the, uh, the finals. So was the Eastern Conference better than the Western Conference? Because I think Portland could have did a better job in the Eastern Conference. I think Utah would have did a better job in the Eastern Conference, as well as San Antonio. So you still don't think sixteen and zero is that good? I, like Lou, you're, I, you're not listening to me. I think it's good. Absolutely, I think it's good, especially when you look at beating the Cavs. They sweep the Cavs. That's very impressive. But I think that w- the only point I'm trying to make is we're looking at 16-0 and through with, with – we're not looking at 16-0 in a vacuum, right? We're thinking of it historically because it hasn't been done before. So there's this tendency, there's a knee-jerk reaction to make it a better achievement than it actually is. Because you look at the history of the NBA, it's never happened before. But what also hasn't happened before is adding a top two, top three player in Kevin Durant to a 73-win team. And then, what, expecting the Blazers to win a game, the Jazz to win a game, the Spurs without Kawhi Leonard to win a game? 12-0 and should have happened. That's not surprising to me whatsoever. Right, but if it didn't happen, then you guys really would have been talking a lot about the Warriors. See, that's the thing. It is historical. Nobody has ever done it, and nobody will ever do it again. Most likely, I mean, it may happen again if it happens to, if it happens tonight, but it's never been done before in the history of the NBA. That's what right. makes it great. And everybody talks about numbers this and numbers that. 16-0 is very good for a basketball team in the NBA to go 16-0 in the playoffs. I've never said it wasn't, Lou. Like, I appreciate you checking in. It's just we're not as far apart as it seems you think we are. I just look at what I've said about the Warriors is you've got to get out of the business of of thinking the way you normally do. It's basically what it boils down to. You've got to get out of the business of thinking the way you normally do. When it comes to let's take the NBA Finals, a lot of the discussion was, well, game one, let's not overreact. It's just one game. I got a lot of this on Twitter. I was like, after game two, I'm like, it's over. It is a wrap. The Cavs are not winning four out of five games. Well, Brian, let's pump the brakes here. Let's slow it down. A series doesn't start until a home team loses a game and blah, 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 blah. You don't look at this team normally. Forget about how you normally think. It's KD on a 73-win team, okay? This is unlike anything we've seen before. (laughs) You've never had a 73-win team add a player like Kevin Durant, ever, 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 okay? So don't think along the lines that you normally do think. For all the people that are like, whoa, pump the brakes, Brian. No, no, no need to pump the brakes. Full speed ahead. The series is a wrap after game two. No way the Cavs are winning four out of five. We heard this after game one. Well, Brian, LeBron is one in seven in game ones of the finals. So let's not overreact. Well, guess what? Not every team was as good as this Warriors team with KD and all the success the Warriors had before he joined the team. So let's not act like it's the same thing as being down 0-1 against the the Thunder when they met him in the finals, okay? It's different. It's a lot different than 2011. This is 2017 with this Warriors team. 
So stop thinking along the lines that you normally do. Same thought process when it comes to evaluating 16 and 0. 16 and 0 for right here right now. Yeah, of course it's good. It's impressive but only to a point. Because when you look at the 12 and 0 to get to the finals with the teams that they went through and the talent disparity between the Warriors and either the Blazers, the Jazz, the Spurs without Kawhi Leonard without Tony Parker, just for kicks and grins, without David Lee, a role player. They're the walking wounded over there, going up against four all-stars, four potential Hall of Famers. It's not shocking at all that the Spurs got swept with all of the injuries that they were dealing with. So when you start to look at 16-0, and 0, I mean, listen, to, to sweep the Cavs, that is impressive. I'm not trying to say it isn't. But there's just this tendency, a knee-jerk reaction to look at 16-0 and 0, because it's never happened in the history of the NBA. You just respond with, wow, what a crazy, this is insane. It's not that insane. <laughs> it's just not. Based on the roster the Warriors have, what was in front of them en route to the finals, and then I do give them props for, what I believe will be a sweep tonight against the Cavs. I just wouldn't think along the lines that you normally do. It's all about context, right? It's not about history. It's about context. It's about the here and now. You ever watch the movie Wayne's World? Where Garth said, live in the now! Love that line. Apply that to the 2017 Warriors, okay? And look at their roster compared to their competition en route to the finals. And, and quickly, let me just say this. This isn't a thought about the the West versus the East. Okay, the West is clearly superior than the East. The West is better. But without Kawhi Leonard on the Spurs, that's a big difference. And the exact teams, you don't play everybody in the West. Golden State didn't go through the other seven playoff teams. They went through three teams. They went through an eight seed in the Blazers, they went up against the up-and-coming yet still banged-up Utah team. It was Kawhi being out, Spurs, 12-0. Not that shocking. Not shocking. <laughs> Just so. It seems way more impressive than it actually is going 16-0 if they're able to win game four tonight. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, you can save over 3000 bucks off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Yeah. Good times, though. Like talking to Lou. That was good. Coming up next, I pay this off. The player in sports, everybody's got a theory. This is a theory that you're initially most likely going to dismiss. But it makes a little bit more sense than you might originally think. We'll dive into that. I'm Brian No in for Clay. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No in for Clay here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Man, Nick Wright, I didn't understand. Nick Wright had this affection for Tool. Goodness, every single musical cut today. Has been Tool. I got Tool coming out of my ears right now. <laughs> Plenty more, too. Get my ready. goodness. 
There's some good stuff, but the breakdowns. Can't do the breakdowns. I was telling you that there's a uh, there's a player in sports. Everybody's got a theory about him. That'd be Colin Kaepernick. Everybody's got a theory about Colin Kaepernick. Why he remains unsigned. Oh, it's the anthem protest. Oh, he stinks. That's why. Got all kinds of stuff here. Interesting article or column written on the MMQB. This is by Andy Benoit. And... Part of his his whole outlook on Kaepernick, initially it's going to sound insane. Now, you might still a- arrive at the conclusion that it remains insane. But the way that he talks his way through it, you might see where he's going. You might see some of the sense that it makes without completely signing off on it. So his original tweet in his article, he, he posted a... A uh, screenshot of his own tweet in his own column here. And the original tweet said, Amidst all the Kaepernick talk, let's not overrate the man. He'd be the 32nd best starter in the NFL. Or the 15th best backup. And so he goes into detail. (laughs) And in the column, it's great. He goes, let me amend myself. There are actually 15 backup quarterbacks better than Kaepernick. And that doesn't even include rookies Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, and Davis Webb. So he's like, listen, to be fair, the list is probably longer of backup quarterbacks that are better than Cap, in my opinion. And so you think, well, based on what? When you're seeing some of these guys on the list named Colt McCoy, Brock Osweiler, Derek Anderson, Geno Smith... You're seeing some names where you're like, you'd rather have those guys before Cap? Just talent-wise. He basically takes the anthem out of this. It doesn't even factor into the equation. So you're thinking, what is he basing this on? What argument would you bring to the table to justify why you'd take these other quarterbacks who haven't had great success at all over Colin Kaepernick, the player? Not the demonstrator, the player, and he says this, with zero hesitation, I would take any of the 15 backups I listed before I'd take Kaepernick because those 15 quarterbacks are willing and able to play from the pocket. Okay? And he goes into great detail talking about the way modern offenses work. You got to have a guy that can make his bread and butter from the pocket. And then he talked about Colin Kaepernick. When he escapes the pocket, a lot of times his eyes don't remain downfield. They look at the upcoming rushers, and then he'll try to compensate and be like, oh, shoot, I'm supposed to be looking downfield. Then he'll look downfield. It's too late. It's just a calamity. So that's what Andy brings up. There's a lot of truth to the deficiencies he brings up about Colin Kaepernick, but he goes way too far saying... I'd rather have these hack pocket passers than Colin Kaepernick. It's just way too far from me. But he goes on, and there's something else to take into account. He writes, Andy Benoit, MMQB, stylistically, they're all capable of consistent pocket quarterbacking. The last thing a coach wants to do is rewrite his offense for a backup quarterback. When the backup is in, you hope Your hope is to continue running the bulk of your system. Kaepernick's 
uh, unique but flawed style does not fit many systems. Okay, so the thought is, if you're bringing Colin Kaepernick in as a backup, you don't want to rework and retool, no pun intended, your entire offense around this guy, Colin Kaepernick, that has a different skill set and doesn't do some of these similar things from the pocket that your starter typically would do. I hear him. I understand all of that. So at least I understand the logic and get how he arrived where he did. But I'm sorry. If we're just talking about players side by side, and it's one or the other, you got to sign as a legitimate backup quarterback. Your starter goes down. Who would you rather have on the field? Would it be Geno Smith or Colin Kaepernick? Give me cap, okay? Would you rather have Derek Anderson? You remember Derek Anderson? Goodness, he had one good year with the Browns and was basically never heard of since. Give me cap over that guy. So add another theory to the list. I understand the logic. I agree with the deficiencies he points out with Colin Kaepernick. I just wouldn't take it as far as he did, saying I'd take these other dudes that are bad over cap. Wouldn't go that far. Coming up next from the Geico Studios, the player involved in the finals that has the best explanation of the finals. Oh, what's going on? 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. Hit me up, 877-996-6369. Also on Twitter at The No Show, N-O-E Show. Gosh, think about all the interaction that we'd be having right now if the Cavs didn't self-destruct at the end of Game 3. And LeBron and Kyrie both said, um, driving and attacking the rim, it's worked thus far in the series and the game. Let's just let's stop doing that at the most critical point in the game now. Let's just uh let's not do that. Let's not attack the rim here. Imagine if the, the Cavs were able to pull that game out. Oh, it'd be so great heading into game th- game four. But it's funny because I get reaction on Twitter where it's like, oh Brian, yeah. The NBA, they're really concerned about your level of interest. Look at the ratings. This is what you always hear. Look at the ratings. Let me ask ask you this. If the Warriors finish off the Cavs tonight and it's a sweep, you think that's good for the NBA going forward? You think that helps the interest level come regular season time next season? I mean, seriously, what's the point in tuning in as if there is a sense of urgency to find out who's positioning themselves for a playoff run, who's going to put themselves in a position to win a title. It's like, why bother? I mean, really? So the Warriors sweeping the Cavs, that's the worst case scenario for the NBA. Easily. For a few reasons. I just said, the momentum is non-existent heading into next season. When the Warriors just steamroll the Cavs, think about the Cavs' level of talent compared to almost all the other teams in the NBA. You put the Spurs and the Warriors out of this conversation when fully healthy. You look at the Cavs talent-wise. They're towering over almost all the remaining teams, and they get swept by the Warriors? What do you think? Like the Bucks are going to come out of the East and take down the Warriors? Like it's not happening. So just from a momentum standpoint, it's terrible for the NBA. 
Don't get caught up in just the ratings right here, right now. It's the trilogy. It's LeBron. All the conversations you've heard about Jordan versus LeBron and where does he stack up and all this stuff, it adds to the intrigue. When you look at it is a historical run trying to go 16-0. It's historical. It's never happened before. I think when you start to get into the nuts and bolts of it, it's not that surprising. Especially them going 12 and 0 based on their roster adding KD to that uh, to that roster with the success they had before him and to beat the teams, Portland, Utah, no Kawhi and the Spurs. It's not that shocking they went 12 and 0. To sweep the Cavs, yeah, pretty impressive. Very impressive. But 16-0 seems like, whoa, mind-blowing type stuff. You really break it down, it's not as impressive as you would originally think. That's all. But then you lose in terms of worst-case scenario with the Warriors sweeping and really dusting the Cavs. And we're assuming that's going to happen tonight. I would put my money on the Warriors closing out the Cavs tonight. I just don't see how they have enough confidence, enough energy, just physically, emotionally, to get a win. They're going to have to shoot lights out from three. So you're expecting a 180 from the role players who have done nothing in this entire series. I don't expect all those things to combine to equaling a win for the Cavs. I don't see it happening. So spare me on the ratings right here, right now. Like, as it relates to the NBA going forward, the Warriors completely dust the Cavs. There's no momentum. The LeBron-Jordan conversation goes away forever. That's not good for the NBA. The LeBron-Jordan stuff is great for the NBA. Get a bunch of debates going. The NBA is talked about. It's front and center. It's good for business. It gets you more invested in watching these games. I find the LeBron-Jordan discussions mostly nauseating because they drag on and they go so deep as if LeBron's career is finished. I look at it, it's like the like college football to me in a way, where we have these knockdown dragout debates a week or two into the season. Houston beat Oklahoma last year, and it was like, if Houston runs the table, they better be in the college football playoff. If they don't get in, it's a sham. If they blah, 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 on and on and on. You fast forward, Houston lost three games. They weren't even in sight for the college football playoff, so it was a big waste of time, all right? That's what I think a lot of this Jordan versus LeBron stuff could end up being. It's en route to being a colossal waste of time with LeBron sinking to 3-5 and five in the finals. He's never going to have a body of work that's better than Jordan. Ever. 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 Getting swept out of the finals? It's done. It's, forget it. Call the fight. Standing eight counts over. <laughs> it's done. Forget it. Technical knockout. All right? That's bad for the NBA. All those discussions and all that stuff, it got you in front of a TV and you paid closer attention. That goes away. That's bad for the NBA. So don't just look at the finals ratings right here, right now. Think about how it projects to the future. Have some foresight to see what's going to happen coming up next. And it's not good for the NBA. I'm Brian No. Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Um, this is the best explanation as to why the Warriors are crushing the Cavs. 
It came from Draymond Green. Now, this is after game two. Uh, He was talking about uh, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Okay? So, this is after game two. And he was talking about it being personal for KD and Curry. Listen to this. To me, it seemed like it's personal for both of them. And, you know, you're talking to the greatest players that we got in this world. Locked in the way they are, you know, that's that's why we're up 2-0. Yeah, so following game two, that was his, his breakdown. I think that's the best explanation for why the series is 3-0 in favor of the Warriors right now. It is personal for the two best players that the Warriors have. Think about that for a second. Kevin Durant, all of the criticism, all of the negativity that he heard after jumping ship from the Thunder, joining the Warriors, the team that put him out of the playoffs last season, the team that he was leading 3-1 and ended up losing to, a team that had won 73 games and he joined them, I think it's a complete pansy move. I think it's the easy way out. I've been on record think, saying it's a punk move. I think it's the ultimate punk move. For everybody who's who's taking up for KD and saying, oh, no, it's just like a job promotion, and I understand it. Yeah, go play pickup basketball. And if the equivalent happens of KD jumping ship, like you've got this, you've been playing pickup basketball for years, and you've been trying to beat this team that's just a juggernaut. You've been trying to win a championship, whatever. Trying to win the day, yeah? And you get so close, you get this commanding lead. You're just balling. And all of a sudden, this epic team comes back, puts you out of business, and the best player on your team says, you know what, I'm not playing with you guys anymore. I'm going to play with that team. You let me know if your outlook is still that rosy for the player that just left your team and went to the team that was barely better and put you out of business. You tell me if you're still signing off on that because I don't think you are. But with all of that being said, KD's had to hear all this stuff. Former players, current players questioning the move. Doc Rivers saying, from a competitive standpoint, I don't love it. Paul Pierce saying, it's like joining a a bully that beat you up in fear of him beating you up more. (laughs) It's essentially how he characterized KD joining the Warriors. He's had to hear all of that stuff. You're telling me it isn't personal for KD? KD is locked in. You see some of the plays he made on both ends of the court? Blocked a shot of Kevin Love, went down, made a shot on Kevin Love, bumped his chest. You can tell how personal it is. He's talking trash to Rihanna. It's very personal for KD. Think about Steph Curry. Steph Curry missed his final attempt in Game 7 last season. This finals very personal for him, too. So for Draymond Green to say that... To me, it seemed like both it's personal. It's personal for both of those guys, KD and Curry. That's the best explanation as to why. Beyond those guys, think about Andre Iguodala. His shot being blocked by LeBron last year, the chase down block. I just picture Andre Iguodala watching TV on like a random Tuesday. And he's just flipping channels, flipping, chilling, whatever. And seeing that, that block has been played over and over and over and over again. Draymond Green, another great example. Draymond Green gets suspended for Game 5 
He's gone on record saying he thinks that he cost his team a championship. He's had to have that in his head for an entire year. You're telling me this rematch isn't personal? Here's a great example. Daniel Cormier, UFC fighter. Listen to Daniel Cormier talk about John Bones Jones. And anything is like, we're supposed to fight five times. Hasn't happened. I I have one loss on my resume. He's 19 and one. He's trying to avenge that one loss to John Bones Jones. You might have seen the footage when John Bones Jones tested positive for, I don't remember what it was at the time. I believe it was some type of banned substance. But there was a video of Dana White telling Cormier that Jones wasn't going to be able to fight him. And Cormier is just beside himself. He's like, kicks the ground. <laughs> he's like, can I sign a waiver? Can I fight him anyway? I don't care if he's on PEDs. I'll fight the guy anyway. It's so personal for Daniel Cormier. It's the same thing in team sports. It's the same thing in team sports. If you go down the roster of how personal this rematch is for the Warriors after losing to the Cavs last year, it's no wonder they're up 3-0 right now. It's not shocking at all. But it is the worst-case scenario for the NBA. To see a sweep, it gives you no momentum hitting into next season. What's the? Why would you watch the Magic take on the Bucks as if it actually matters in terms of a championship? It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all for decent teams. They're just not up to the level of the Warriors. So really, you're just... You're entertaining yourself for a little while. It's like a cat messing with yarn for a little bit. That's what the NBA season's going to be like next year. It makes it even more apparent because this season we went through the motions to a large degree. We just had a historical season by Russell Westbrook and the MVP chase to distract us a little bit. And then you throw in the Greek freak for flavoring, you know, for seasoning. (laughs) That's it. It's what you had in the NBA regular season. Now you've got the Warriors sweeping the Cavs and you're going to go into the regular season as if what? As if it matters? It doesn't matter. So don't look at the ratings and stop the conversation there. It goes deeper than that. Heat is the main cause of battery failure. So it's important to have a tough battery. Duralast batteries, they're designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, we have a female caller. Looking forward to that. We'll get to some of the tweets about Tool, which are highly entertaining. Love that. And also this. A university did a great job of embarrassing itself. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No in for Clay here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Geico Studios. Great news. It's a quick way you could save money. Switch. To Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Um, So, <laughs> let me say, before I get to the female caller and the tool comments, love all the tool interaction on Twitter. It's split. It's definitely split. I think the band sucks. I think they're terrible. But a lot of you love them for whatever reason. You love slow, plotting, horrible breakdowns. Whatever. It's your cup of tea. Tomato, tomato. And some people are like me and think they're no good. I'll get to the comments here, but let me just say this real quickly. The Ohio State. So the story emerges that Chris Holtman from uh, Butler 
he's the new front runner to be the head basketball coach at the Ohio State. So Ohio State, they run Thad Mata out of town. 13 years, hit the road, Thad. We're on to some new stuff now. They reach out to Greg McDermott. They offer him the job reportedly on Wednesday. And Greg says, "Uh, no, I'm good. I'm all right. Thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) That is so embarrassing right there, man. It is just like you need to know the answer is yes. I got to fill in with Steve Gorman yesterday. He made a great comment where if you're an attorney, if you're a lawyer, you better know what the answer is before you ask any question in trial. Very true. You go back to the OJ trial. You better know the answer about how the glove would fit or not fit if you're Chris Darden and say, yeah, try that try that glove on. Let's see how it works out. You need to know beforehand how it's going to go down or it's going to be very, very bad for you. It's the same thing when it comes to, I don't know, hiring coaches, offering coaches jobs. If you have a high-profile coach in Thad Mata that you kick to the curb in favor of somebody else, and it happens to be Greg McDermott of Creighton, you need to know that he's going to say yes. You need to know he's going to accept that job. It's like these wedding proposals, these marriage proposals in front of, I don't know, mass amounts of people. You ever see these stories where it's like, girl says no at Fenway Park, and they show the video, and some of it's staged, a lot of it's real. There's some stuff that it is absolutely real. And the poor dude is like, I I thought she was going to say yes, I, but she didn't in front of thousands of people. <laughs> this makes it even worse. You need to know that she's going to say yes. You need to have strong indications that she will say yes. Or that is a tough one to live down. That's tough. So for the Ohio State now, apparently having their sights set on Butler coach Chris Holtman, you just got to know beforehand, man. If you're Gene Smith, the athletic director, you can't have Greg McDermott on his Twitter account, Coach McDermott, saying this, I'm blessed and honored to be the coach at Creighton, and I'm looking forward to many more great years in Omaha. Hashtag Roll Jays. I didn't even know Roll Jays was a thing. Like, you need to know that you're not going to get um, you're not going to come in second place to Creighton, okay? If you're Ohio State, it can't be the case. You can't have that coach tweeting hashtag roll Jays. All right? <laughs> I love that. Hash- I've never heard of that in my life before. If it was like hashtag rock chalk, okay, I got that. Hashtag boomer sooner, something like that. Whatever. Okay, I, I got that. Hashtag roll Jays. That's what Greg McDermott tweeted. You can't have that be the outcome if you're the Ohio State. I like that hashtag. You like that, huh? How come you like that, Coop? Any reason in particular? Rolling Jays. Yeah. That's why you like Tool. You roll Jays. So it goes. <laughs> 877-99-ON-FOX is your phone number. Let me go out to the mystery female caller. That's all Justin Cooper is. Has informed me of, we have a female caller here on Fox Sports Radio. You go ahead, female caller. Mr. No, you are attacking my deity, my God, my supreme being, Coop. 
Now, you're missing out because Coop has tool gatherings where after each tool song, we take off a article of clothing and then we have more fun. So I think if you would come to one of those, you would enjoy that. And we don't go OMG. We go OMC. Oh, my Coop. So you're missing out. And Nick, Nick, playing tool music, I would love, love to play your tool. Brian, it's Tammy in Montana. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Tammy in Montana. I'll tell you what, <laughs> never disappoint here. You never dis- I just I picture, I picture people listening. I picture, you know what I picture, Tammy? I picture my my great mother listening to this program from time to time. <laughs> and I just think what's going through her head right now with your shout outs to Coop and Nick Wright. That's what I think, Tammy. Oh, your mom, your mom's a big girl. I'm sure she yeah. can handle it. But I'm she glad can. that two of my guys from the weekend crew are back. We just need David and Bobo. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. It's good to hear from you, Tammy in Montana. It's been a long time. It has. Have a good morning. You too. And I will play <laughs> as as custom. When Tammy used to call in, when Coop and I were on the weekend overnights, we would always close our calls with this. Yeah. Because she would always have, like, the, the payoff, you know, the one-liner at the end of her call where it was, like, the peak of possible FCC violations. You know what I mean? It's good to hear from Tammy. I thought it was Tammy. I even told Coop. I was like, is this mystery female caller possibly Tammy in Montana? And Coop's voice, he kind of, like, laughs while saying, uh, just take the call. I thought it might have been my girl, Tammy. That's good. It's good to hear from her. I don't ever want to go to a Tool concert the way she described it, though, Coop. Goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Take it off clothes to Tool. So we got some of the reaction on Twitter here. Keith checks in and says, come on, Brian. Just when I was starting to like you, you can't tell me you don't like Tool. You're un-American. Okay, so that's one in the Tool column. I love this one. Miles. Hey, man. Listening in KC. If rock is college, Tool has a PhD. Hashtag real music. Now, to me, Coop, that's one that's supposed to be in your favor, like in your <laughs> column, but actually goes in my column. You know what I'm saying? Why? Um, I love this. Really? Tool has a PhD? Come on, man. That's as cheesy as their breakdowns. <laughs> Yeah, the PhD is the, you know the highest form of of education. I know. Tool is the the highest form of of musical competence. Yeah. Oh, I get it, Coop. I understand it. It's just bad. I love this exchange between Coop and Jeffrey on Twitter. So Coop has gone on record saying that Tool changed his life, and so Jeffrey pushes back a little bit. Coop replies, "I'm embellishing a bit." But if you have never had music help you through a tough time or affect your mood in a positive way, that's sad. Jeffrey comes in off the top rope again. Affecting a mood and changing a life are different. If you can't tell the difference, then that's sad. How about that, Coop? I love it. Jeffrey. How about that for data? Throwing down. How about that? The little, yeah, the podium slap, table slap. Love it. Take that for data. Yeah, and the little... Yeah. Uh, Trey checks in on Twitter and says, if this year's NBA Finals were a band, it would be Tool. 
Now, there's two ways to look at this, Coop, because you opened my eyes a little bit here. Initially, I thought, well, yeah, the NBA Finals suck, and Tool sucks. Totally. Makes all the sense in the world. But you took it and said, because of the utter dominance of the Warriors, that would make sense because, in your bad opinion, Tool is dominant as well as a rock band. We need clarification here. Because I think it's the first explanation. I think he's making light of Tool and saying that the finals have been bad and Tool is also bad. I think that's where he's going here. I love this. This is one of my favorites. (laughs) So this is from Justin. He says, did you get a chance to catch Steph Curry's air dump on the Cavs court in game three? Hashtag Tool rocks. (laughs) So he has a comment on something completely unrelated to Tool, and then hashtags it with Tool Rocks. I love that. And I don't know what was up with the air dump. I have no idea. That was very random. That was the most random celebration of all time. And that was right after KD's pull-up three to give the Warriors a one-point lead. Like, Steph Curry's got to get back on defense. There was no timeout. And he bends down like he's relieving himself, basically. Strange. Very, very strange. All right, 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. Also on Twitter, at The No Show, N-O-E Show. Coming up next from the Geico Studios, the most important lesson you should learn from the NBA Finals this year. First, though, here's Eddie Garcia and what's trending. Brian, though, in for Clay Travis. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. The most important lesson that you should learn from the NBA Finals this year is that being a distributor isn't automatically better than being a score-first player. That's the lesson that you should learn. That's the most important lesson from the Finals. And what you saw from LeBron James at the tail end of Game 3. Now, you know the play. LeBron James drives left. He kicks out to Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver misses the shot. And there are plenty of people that say, oh, that was the, the right play. You got a, a deadly three-point shooter, a good look. I don't think that's the right play at all. I think that LeBron initially made the wrong play, driving to his left, driving to the middle where there was help, and then kicking. I, I think that he made the wrong initial play. He should have driven right and attacked the rim. KD is not a shot blocker, even if he helps out, which he would have. I still love LeBron's chances to either finish or draw contact, go to the free throw line. I know we have the information knowing that Kyle Korver misses the shot, but if you ask me before knowing Kyle Korver misses, and you say, all right, no, here's the situation. Cavs are up by two. There's a minute left. You can either have LeBron James attacking the rim either finishing, drawing contact, most likely. So you either got LeBron scoring or going to the free throw line. Up two, I like my chances to at least split a pair of free throws. I would take that option over Kyle Korver's three-pointer in the corner all day. All day long with that specific situation. Here is LeBron James talking about his decision to pass to Kyle Korver. If I could have the play over again, um, I would come off a three-screen um, situation. Draymond would switch on me with five fouls. Uh, I would get him leaning. 
Uh, I would drive left. I would see KD step up. I would see Steph Curry drop on Kevin, and I would see Kyle Culver in the corner uh, to one of the greatest three-point shooters in this league history and give him an opportunity in the short corner. I would do the same exact thing. Of course he's going to say that. There's no way LeBron in a press conference is going to say, if I had to do it all over again, I would get Draymond leaning one way. I'd attack right, go straight to the rim. If KD tries to block my shot, I know he can't. If he draws contact, I have full confidence in my abilities at the free throw line. I'm at least going to split them. We're up three. There's no transition defense. There's no pull-up three by KD. That's what I should have done. There's no way he's going to say that in a press conference, even if he believes it. There's no chance. But the thing is, what we've always heard about LeBron James, you get all these comments about taking your hat off to LeBron is, oh, he does everything. The distributing, the rebounding, the defense, the scoring, all that stuff. Here's the deal. If you look at LeBron versus Jordan in this capacity, I know you're worn out with the LeBron versus Jordan. It's not a discussion about who's greater and comparing resumes and all of that. Just comparing mentalities when it came to that situation. You're down 0-2 in the playoffs in the finals. You're in a game three. You've got a two-point lead. Final minute. You got Draymond Green on you. You think Michael Jordan is driving to the middle and kicking? No. He is driving on Draymond Green and taking the shot. That's what I want. To me, being a distributor isn't always automatically better. Sometimes it's worse. I don't want Michael Jordan, without being double teamed, on his own, kicking it to, I don't know, Judd Bushler or or Tony Kukoc. He had some good options. I want Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is a better option. Now, some of the times he was double teamed and kicked it. That's different. That's different than you on your own driving into traffic like LeBron did and then kicking it. It's much different. It's not the same thing. So get out of this thought process of looking down on a lack of assist numbers. A lot of times people will look down. They look down greatly on Kobe not being a distributor. They look at him and it's like, oh, Kobe ball hog and blah, blah, blah. Kobe. I mean, Jordan wasn't a great distributor. Jordan is recognized by most people as being the GOAT. That's the mainstream opinion. And it's the correct opinion, by the way. Jordan is the GOAT. It's the greatest of all time. He wasn't a great distributor. You don't have to be a great distributor to be a huge weapon. Jordan was a better weapon than LeBron not being as good of a distributor. And you saw that in Game 3 with LeBron driving into traffic willingly and then kicking it to somebody else. I don't want that to be the outcome of that play. I want him in that moment to take it upon himself and say, I'm the better option, shooting from point-blank range and drawing contact and forcing the issue. He's had all the success in the world attacking the rim in the playoffs, even in the finals against the Warriors. He's been fantastic. So is Kyrie Irving. And when it mattered most, they're like, nah, let's kick it over to Kyle Korver. That's what LeBron did. And Kyrie's like, let me take three steps back behind the three-point line and jack one up against Clay. When I can shake anybody out of their jock 
let me just shoot a J instead of driving somebody. It was bad. It was the wrong play. Both were wrong plays. But get out of this mentality of thinking that LeBron is better just because he's multifaceted. You don't have to be. That's the one thing with the NFL draft. You always heard this. Versatility. Sometimes versatility is overrated. When you hear all these things, oh, look at Christian McCaffrey. He can run the ball out of the backfield. He's a receiving threat. He can return kicks. He can do all this stuff. I don't know that he's got, you got to be great in something. I don't know that Colin McCaffrey is going to be, Christian McCaffrey is going to be great at anything in the NFL. It remains to be seen. So versatility without greatness in one regard, you've just got good in a couple of areas. I'd rather have great in one area than good in a lot of areas. You understand what I'm saying? So for Jordan to be great as a closer, I would rather have that than LeBron being really, really good in multiple categories. He's better than Jordan as a distributor. That didn't help put the Cavs in a better position with him kicking the Kyle Korver than Jordan would have had them taking it upon himself. The bottom line, man, being a distributor isn't always automatically better. just isn't. 877-99 877-99 on Fox is the phone number. We will uh, shoehorn some calls before we get on out of here. Um, anything about Tool, especially people who dislike Tool, to the front of the list. Absolutely. We'll get those on. All I see is Dan Saratoga Tool. 50-50 chance, man. Like step into the roulette table. You bet in black, you bet in red. I don't know if he's going to say Tool stinks which I'm hoping for, or he says Tool's awesome, and it's going to partly disrupt my morning. I don't know, but we'll find out. Coming up next from the Geico Studios. Uh, wait, let me see here real quick here. Yeah, Coming up next from the Geico Studios. I don't know if I owed Cooper Reed or anything. Coop. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I do owe him one. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for. The same car you're looking for, and on average, save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Freaking Coop, I blame him for everything. Coop was like, hey man, signed out of the chat. Uh, Yeah, you got Sean. He's in Gainesville. He wants to talk. (laughs) Screwed me up for a little bit. Sorry, Coop, I had to throw you under the bus. Um, Coming up next from the Geico Studios. A, a positive spin on a really, really bad situation, but I totally agree with it. We'll dive into that. I'm Brian No in for Clay Travis. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No in for Clay here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. I had no idea Nick Wright, technical producer, was as big of a Tool fan I'm upset about this, Nick Wright. It has been nonstop tool the whole show. Hey, you asked for it. I, I'm still shocked that you don't like them. I don't. I just do not. I thought it'd be right up your alley for your taste. It isn't, man. It's just, you know what? It's kind of like the textbook of rock. It's almost like Tool looked at a textbook and said, "All right, how can we rock? All right, we're going to be technically sound." What? Yeah. I do. It feels like it just feels so technical. It doesn't feel natural to me. It's like this. Here, I'll I'll give you a comparison here. It's the most random comparison you'll ever hear. 
I really liked Mike Tirico doing Monday Night Football. But it was like Mike Tirico on Monday Night Football, incredibly well-prepared, very technically sound, but he just didn't feel natural. It's almost like he studied from a textbook, like, okay, big play has happened, showing emotion, Article 1. And he's, like, studied it. Like, it just didn't sound natural. Or I'll give you a better example with music. Sammy Hagar. It's like he studied from a textbook how to rock. How to rock, Chapter 2. All right, let me dive in here. He wasn't natural like David Lee Roth. That's what I hear from Tool. I hear such, it's technically sound. There's no doubt about that. But it's just so textbook. I just want them to say, screw the rules. Let's just do something nuts right now. And that's not them. I, I know you guys I, aren't I feeling severely me. No. I completely disagree. <laughs> you don't. You think that it's um, like organic, really? Like you think it's more natural, and that's just their sound. You don't think it's so technical to a fault? No, not at all. I do. Oh man, I do. But hey, we disagree. Let me let me go to a call here while we're talking about this. Dan is in Saratoga. You go ahead, Dan. You're on Fox Sports Radio. What's going on, Bino? What's up, bud? I haven't heard you since one four five three. That's cool, Dan. What you got for me, man? Dan, sorry, Dan. Your your cell phone is breaking up. Sorry about that. I'm sure he was gonna say tool sucks. So, yeah, it's the Cliff Notes version of it. Uh, let me get to this thought here real quick, and we'll close ripping on tool. I love what Luke Walton had to say. He was on the Full 48 podcast. Listen to his comments here. I joke a lot. I said, look, if there's a time to be rebuilding, this is the time to do it. <laughs> no because doubt. The, the, the Warriors don't look like they're going anywhere for, for a while, and they're pretty, they're pretty darn good right now. <laughs> Luke always sounds like he just woke up and got straight to baking. He is the wake-and-bake voice. Right or wrong, this is a poster child of what a wake-and-bake voice you would think would sound like. But he's right. This is the perfect time to rebuild. If you're the Lakers, if you're a bottom feeder, I'd much rather be in rebuild mode right now than on the cusp of a championship with a small window left. You know what I mean? I'd much rather be, what would be a good example in, in the West or something? The Clippers. The Clippers are much better than the Lakers right now, talent-wise, but they're much better at the wrong time when the Warriors are, are towering over them. I'd much rather be the Lakers in complete rebuild mode. Right here, right now, I, I would rather be them than close to a championship or closer, but the Warriors just smacking around everybody. This is the perfect time to be in rebuild mode. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> it's like Masai Ujiri. He's the GM of the Toronto Raptors. For the most part, he's done a very good job. But he made some moves. It's like the Raptors are in go-for-it mode. They bring in Serge Ibaka. They've moved some pieces around, grab P.J. Tucker. And it's like, why? You realize, even if you got past the Cavs, which wouldn't happen, you got to go up against this team called the Warriors. Like, it's not go-for-it mode time. Um, Okay, too old before we get on out of here. 
J.R. says, just listen to two Tool songs and I regret it. Sounds like middle school poetry being read over the din of a construction site. Great description right there. Love that. Um, Jonathan, I'm with you, man. Tool is no good. People that like Tool are probably people I would disagree with a lot of music. Uh, Okay. Disagree with on a lot of music. Trey, he breaks it down because he had this comparison that the NBA Finals are like Tool. And we said, is it because the NBA Finals suck or because the Warriors have been dominant? And he clarifies, he has a picture of Steph, you know, like bending down and puts Cavs fan in front row. Hey, Steph, what do you think about Tool? And that was the, the picture there. So it's clarifying he's not a Tool fan. I like that. All right, man. Game four. Wish it meant something. It means nothing. Should be a Warrior sweep. Uh, we're the losers. KD is the winner. I'm Brian, though. Have a great morning. We'll see you. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.